Good morning and welcome everyone to today's focus for Friday, November the 25th, 2022 at 11.13 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, the tabernacle. Well, well, maybe the tab- tab- tabernacle, if I can speak correctly today, maybe the tabernacle, maybe, maybe a different concept dealing with the tabernacle than maybe, I mean, you've probably heard something about this, but that really is the focus because once again, we're in Exodus chapter 33 for today's focus. And let me explain everything that's been going on. All right. So just so that we know, and everyone is caught up in case we have new listeners today. Um, the Somewhere earlier this week, um, I was listening to podcasts at around 2 or 3 in the morning, and I heard a podcast episode for the late Dr. Adrian Rogers, or Pastor Adrian Rogers. I don't know if he had a doctorate or not, but Adrian Rogers, the program Love Worth Finding. It's a Christian radio program, but it basically serves as a podcast today. They take you know uh, parts of his sermons, they break them into about, what, 25-minute episodes, and they release them Monday through Friday. And so um, I, I don't always agree with the, the theology or doctrinal background of Adrian Rogers for a, a number of reasons, but I listen to many things because I like to have my theology and my perspective to be challenged. And the only way to do that is to listen to lots of different things. So I listen to a lot of different things. And he did an episode about practicing the presence of God, and it was based off Exodus 33 and 34. Now, we reviewed that entire episode um, and a, on a different podcast episode, I think it was, I don't know what day it was. It may have been Wednesday. It may have been Wednesday. And it was, it was a little bit frustrating because his handling of Exodus 33 and 34 was suspect at best. It was very, very questionable. And we talked all about, about the hermeneutical implications. And we're going to review part two of that probably sometime today. But for today's focus, where I try to give you one specific thing to focus on through the day, I thought it would be interesting over the next few days to just each time I turn on the microphone for a today's focus episode is to just kind of work through Exodus chapter 33, but in a in a today's focus kind of way, meaning I'm not doing a full-blown exposition. I'm not trying to give everything. What I'm trying to do is go through part of the text and say, okay, here's what I want you to focus on today. What about this? What do you think about this? And then you focus on it. Hopefully, to complete and close the circle, then you email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, or you're in the Discord channel, you're in the Discord uh, server, and you say, hey, well, what about this? And, oh, I found this, or I thought about this. And then in many cases, that leads me to then do another podcast episode in regards to it. So are you ready? That kind of gets you caught up, but we've got to hurry because we have limited time for these episodes, all right? Exodus chapter 33. The first thing we've looked at is Exodus 33, Exodus chapter 33, verses 1 through 6. Now, the tabernacle is going to uh, come into play in verse 7, but let's remember, and I think verses 1 through 6 is important before the, the tabernacle is set up here in verse 7, I think it's, I think 33, 1 through 6 is kind of fascinating to me because it's almost, basically we've talked about it in a, a previous episode of today's focus. It's like God telling Israel, go, but I'm not going with you. Go ahead, but I'm not going with you. And, it, and it's kind of just an interesting 
situation, all right? So let's just read those verses quickly. Exodus chapter 33, verses 1 through 6. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. Go, I made a promise, I'm going to keep the promise, go to the land. Um, He says, and I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, uh, and the uh, the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, right? Go, I'm going to send an angel before you. I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to keep my covenant promise I made with your fathers. You're going to get the land. I made that promise. Going to send an angel. He's going to send them to, verse 3, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And, well, I'm not going to go back into all the things we discussed, but it's just an interesting section. Go, but I can't go with you because you're stiff-necked and I will end up consuming you. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on him on him his ornaments. For the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people, and I will come up, I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy or- ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. All right, so go, but I'm not going to go, but you better do this so that I know what to do with you. Very, just a very interesting kind of a a back and forth. You may even be a little, you could say that it would be maybe somewhat perplexing. So you're going to, we can go. You're going to make sure we get the land. You're going to keep your promises, but you're not going to go with us. But yet it's almost like you're going to try to figure out what to do with us. Now, remember that this language is God describing kind of a relationship with with people and and very human terminology, right? Because we still obviously know God is already all-knowing. He's eternal. We understand those, those, those aspects here. But then it's the next section. So you have this kind of a period of confusion. Go, but I'm not going. Okay, do this and I'll figure it out. And then all of a sudden in verse 7, the tabernacle gets mentioned. Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Now, it's outside of the camp, right? Which seems to go along with the concept, look, go, but I'm not going with you. I can't be in the midst of you because because I will consume you because you're stiff-necked. So it's set up outside of the camp, and the people can go out to it. Interesting. Verse 8, And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. So it sounds like that the, the tabernacle's there. They can, the people can go out to it, but God is not in their midst. It, it, it's almost this like, hey, I, I'm going to keep my promises, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for you. 
but there's almost and 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 I don't want to I don't want to place anything on the text. Okay, I do not want to do that. We, we never want to do that. But it, it it's almost a picture in my mind. And I know this is not the purpose of the text. It's a it's giving us a historical narrative. It's descriptive, not so much prescriptive, it's describing, but it it does kind of show this situation. God is going to keep his covenant with him. He's going to keep his promise because of his eternal decree, because of his election. He's going to do what he said. So that that electing relationship with Israel, it is eternal. It is set. It is fixed. Nothing can change that, right? Because that's based on God choosing and making a covenant with them. However, there is now a disruption, and I know this is a word that's not used here, but there's almost a, a disruption in their fellowship, right? Because God, I can't be in the midst of you, but I'll be out here and you can come here, but I can't be in the midst. So the the tent is set up outside of the camp. Now, when Moses goes in, everyone stands up and they watch. They watch as Moses goes in. And it says he, until he was gone into the tabernacle and it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloud, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. So it's, 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 it's just kind of this beautiful picture. Go, I can't go with you, but in a sense, God is still saying, I'm there. I just can't be right in the midst of you. So it, it still shows, in a sense, God's mercy, God's grace, and that, hey, this one thing is is set because of, well, God, it's all the work of God. God chose Israel, not because they were better, more holy, more godly. It, God made a covenant with them, not because they were better or more holy. He's going to keep that. That is fixed because it's by God. But the fellowship is now disrupted in a way. But the tabernacle is there. Now, when we read that, at least I don't know for you, for me, I think we all, there's a part of us that wish, wishes, oh, man, I wish I could have been there. Wish I could have seen that. There's the tabernacle and then the, the, the cloud descends, God's glory and a, a visible sign of his presence is right there. And Moses is literally in a sense, as it says in the very next uh, verse, verse 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. There's a part of us like, wow, I wish I could have seen that. Wouldn't that have been amazing to stand there and see that God is right there in, he's present at the tabernacle. He's right there. I mean, it would have been, I don't even know. I don't even know how I would, how to even wrap my mind around what that experience would have been like. And then I have to stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This idea of tabernacle. And then I, I, I want to take my Bible and I want to go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. And we read these powerful words in verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. And many of you know where I'm going with this. And the beginning was, the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the word, very important, and the word 
who was with God and was God, was made flesh. So the word that was with God and was God was made flesh and dwelt among us. Was dwelt among us. Now, if you'll look up the Greek right here, if you go to John chapter 1, verse 14, if you're using the Blue Letter Bible app, look at that word dwelt. Look at the word dwelt. Strong's G, 4637, skenao, skenao. Skenao, skenao. You may want to remember that Greek word date today, skenao. Today's focus, I want you to remember the word skenao. You say, no, I, I thought you said tabernacle, skenao. Dealing with the fact that the word, that's Jesus Christ, was made flesh and dwelt among us. Why do I want you to remember the word skenao? Well, if you look up Strong's definition for skenao, you will find this, to tent or encamp figuratively to occupy as mansion or specially to reside as God did in the tabernacle of old, a symbol of protection and communion to dwell. Skenao is to fix one's tabernacle, have one's tabernacle, abide or live in a tabernacle or tent to dwell as God in a sense, dwelt in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, right? He tabernacled there so the people could go out to him. He was there. He couldn't be in the midst of them at that moment in Exodus 33 because they were stiff-necked, but he was, he was still there. Well, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, God tabernacled with us in the flesh of Jesus Christ. God, Jesus, true God, true man, hypostatic union, one, you know, one God, three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But Jesus Christ is truly God and truly man. He, he, in a sense, in the incarnation, the tabernacle now is no longer in a tent. It's in Jesus Christ. He's right there. He dwelt among us. That is the most amazing thing. If we, the tabernacle is, is uh, fascinating to us, Jesus Christ is the fullness of that. God is right there in Jesus Christ. Now, God did speak to people in diverse ways, in many different ways. He speaks to us today in his son, Jesus Christ. Today, he speaks to us there. Now, Christ is, Christ is not present with us Physically, he's now at the right hand of the Father, but at one time he tabernacled right there. It He came to his own and his own received him not. He, he dwelt there. Today, in a sense, he still speaks to us in his son, ultimately to through his word. His word. He, in a sense, dwells not in the midst of us, but inside of us. We are in Christ. Christ is in us but he speaks to us in his word. Now, there, there's far more I could say there, but I want you to just see the correlation between Exodus and the tabernacle and the incarnation of Jesus Christ, where he, skeneo, he dwelt among us, he tabernacled among us in the person of Jesus Christ. If you think about it this way, in Exodus, God's presence was made manifest in a tent. In the incarnation, God 
tabernacled, dwelt among us in Jesus Christ. And so many times, I mean, today is Black Friday, right? People are out focusing on the gifts, focusing on getting things, getting their shopping lists done as we move quickly towards Christmas. And we all know before we know it, Christmas will be here and gone. And so many times we lose what it's about. You you know how so many times Christians talk about the supposed war on Christmas. The war on Christmas was not started by the world. The war on Christmas was started by the church. Because how many churches say that that Jesus is the reason for the season, and then on Christmas Day, you're knocking on the church door, and it's locked, and there's nobody even there. Now, some people say, well, it wasn't December the 25th. I understand the dating and all of the issues that come with that, but who cares the day that if we set aside a time to say we're going to make this about Jesus Christ, that's a beautiful thing, but it's hard to make it about Jesus Christ because the world has turned it into something other than that and I and I understand that, but as for us, we can't forget the beauty and the and the gift of the incarnation. We look at Exodus thirty three and like, wow, that tabernacle that sounds fascinating. But God, skeneo, tabernacled and dwelt amongst us in the person of Jesus Christ. Now He dwells in us. Inside of us. He tabernacles inside of us. That is even, that's even hard to comprehend what that means, right? He's inside of me. He indwells me. He, there's, there's in a sense, he is skeneo inside of me. But he speaks to us through his son. In a sense, if the Bible is the living word of God, that's how we meet with him face to face, Right? And his word, today, I just want you to focus on the tabernacle, but the the real tabernacle, I want you to focus on Christ Jesus and the incarnation and skeneo. What does it mean that he indwells us? How do we understand, in a sense, this dwelling amongst us as far as the word of God is concerned? Because that's how he speaks to us face to face. It's right here in his word. Now, we're at 18 minutes. We're supposed to only have gone 15 minutes. That's today's focus. Exodus 33. Verse, and I'll, and I'll read it from a different translation. Exodus 33, starting in verse 7. Now Moses took a tent and pitched it outside the camp, at a distance from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp camp. Why was it outside? Look at the previous verse. He couldn't dwell amongst them because they were stiff-necked, but he was still there. He couldn't be in the midst, but he was still with. In Christ Jesus, he dwelt among us. He dwells in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, and he speaks to us through his infallible and perfect word. I think there's an interesting correlation there. All right, you can email me your thoughts on all of that. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Um, for your uh, research today and your study today, again, the Blue Letter Bible app is a great tool to use. Go to John chapter 1, verse 14. Click on the interlinear. Look for the word dwell. Um, the, the actual word is 
Verse 14, and he was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's the King James. If you look up the antilinear, that will that will take you to, uh, you'll, you'll see the word dwelt, and which is the Greek word skeneo. And then you can look up at me. It's, it, it's used five times in the New Testament. All five times it's uh, translated as dwell. You, If you'll use the Blue Letter Bible app, it will show you all the five places where it occurs. Do you find anything interesting about the five different places skeneo is used? All right. I, I don't want to stop. <laughs> I don't want to. I See, I want to go a full hour on this, but we'll stop right there. Let me know. Newsif at yahoo.com. That is today's focus for Friday, November the 25th. 2022.